The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Former Nation's Capital It is Thursday, January 15, 2019 And this is The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com How you doing? My name is Bob What's Hello, up? Bob Oh, hi Coming up on today's show, it's the great Buzz Burbank from Buzz Burbank News and Comment. He's here today, and he brought hamburgers. I can't wait. <laughs> Fresh hot hamburgers. <laughs> oh, and the uh, William Barr uh, confirmation hearings are underway. The FBI, meanwhile, um, and this came down right after we finished the after party the other day, so we're just now getting around to talking about it. The FBI is investigating whether Trump is an agent of Russia, this whole Russia thing. Well, we all kind of expected that right but but it hadn't been confirmed until now but now it is and the Mueller investigation is looking into Devin Nunes uh, at long last this <laughs> pinheaded bozo might be headed to prison oh and by the way now's the time to reward yourself for making it through the holidays with some goodies of your own from amazon.com and when you shop make sure to use our amazon link just beneath the logo at bobsuska.com using our link will take you to the front page of amazon where you shop as normal but because you use our link we receive a small commission on some of your purchases, right? Meanwhile, you can also use our Chris Lavoie Banded Masculine link beneath the logo to shop for man-scented candles, including my favorite fresh-cut grass-scented candle. And thank you for shopping through our Amazon link. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of Domino's, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. Dear tiny infant Jesus. Hey, um, you know, sweetie. Jesus did grow up. You don't always have to call him baby. It's a bit odd and off-putting to pray to a baby. Well, look, I like the Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. When you say grace, you can say it to grown-up Jesus or teenage Jesus or bearded Jesus or whoever you want. You know what I want? I want you to do this grace good so that God will let us win tomorrow. <sighs> your tiny Jesus, your golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled-up fist palm. He was a man. He had a beard. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? I win the races and I get the money. Ricky, finish the damn grace. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because it says, like, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party, too. Because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. I like to picture Jesus as a ninja fighting off evil samurai. I like to think of Jesus, like, with giant eagle's wings yeah. and singing lead vocals for Leonard Skinner with like an angel band and I'm in the front row and I'm hammered drunk. Bob Seska! Bob! 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 The Bob Seska Show! <laughs> Live recording from the White House last night, what that was. <laughs> it is the Trump Crisis Day 726. 658 days until the 2020 presidential election and day 25 of the Trump shutdown. And right over there, it's TV's Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. Hi, Bob. Hi, everybody. It's Hi. good to be back. Uh, and yeah, I did. You're right. I brought burgers. I, I hope it's okay. I brought lunch. Uh, I got a couple hundred hamburgers and a 500 bucks worth of uh, French fries and some pizza. Oh, God. I, I, 
I, I put them on silver platters to kind of dress it up. That's uh, right. I hope that's okay. None of it's been inspected, uh, what with the FDA <laughs> shutdown and all, but I, th- I think it'll be okay. Nothing like having an, an entire team of champion elite athletes over to the White House and serving them the worst shit you could possibly stuff down their gullets. Estimated, the Washington Post estimates 16,000 grams of fat on that table. Oh, my God. And of course... 16,000. Yeah, 310,000 calories, I believe. Yeah, and of course, Trump is already exaggerating how many burgers there were. First, he was saying, what, uh, 300? He had 300 hamburgers. There's video of him saying... Yeah, 300 hamburgers. And now he's saying there were a 1,000 of them. And not only were there a 1,000 of them, but the Clemson football team... In the White House, ate every single one of those thousand hamburgers. Now, even if you were to count a Big Mac as being two hamburgers, uh-huh. because there uh-huh. are technically two burgers yeah. inside those sandwiches. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, sort of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I see what you're getting at. Uh, but even if you count those as double, you're still not getting to a thousand hamburgers, as he said no, on Twitter. Uh, uh, former White House spokesman Sean Spicer has come out of retirement to say <laughs> that it, it was, in fact, the largest order of hamburgers ever. And uh, there are now now available doctored photographs of the hamburgers. <laughs> If you'd like to see that, the Washington Post estimates 177 hamburgers, yeah, which he, right. uh, by press time, had tripled to 300, and now you say he's uh, claiming 1,000. <laughs> 1,000. Of course, which is, it, it's this is going exactly as the inaugural numbers went. <laughs> exactly it's, it's right. The same, it's the same bit again. It's, he's going to have photographic evidence. He's going to say, look, it looked like 1,000, but where I was standing, there were 1,000 hamburgers there. Now, I don't know what those other photos were, but I say that there were 1,000. The Washington Post estimates the cost of the food on that table to be $2,911.44. Or, or if they got the two-for-five-bucks deal at McDonald's, it'd be $2,437.11. Either way, we're going to need a dime and a penny to finish this out. That's right. And he's just such a big, fat liar. You're a liar, Trump. That's right. He's a liar. <laughs> big Don't you liar. love that clip? Oh, Every, my God. I mean, I guess that's been around, uh, you know, available to a lot of people for yeah. a couple of years now. But yeah. it's uh, re-risen to popularity in the last week or so and i just watched it for the first time in this past week and yeah, me too i i was astounded i love the prescience of that i love i love the fact that they had no idea uh, they were nailing something so perfectly yeah it would, it would occur to me afterwards after we talked about it on the after party on friday because i only no one informed me of this when it first came out like no. a couple of years why are ago. we kept out of the loop this is know. like this is like trump and his meetings with putin you we're people. not told why did i not receive the memo about this uh, particular tv show but you know yeah. after Afterwards, after we were done talking about it, I realized that the uh, that the Trump character You're under arrest, Trump. That that guy, that Trump character looks just like Fred Trump. Looks like Trump's dad, who would have been prominent in uh, yeah. 1958 when the when that episode was aired. Uh, so who knows? Maybe it was. Maybe someone. Uh, may, I was saying it was maybe a, like a time traveler going back in time and his time traveling <laughs> DeLorean, and decided, okay, here I'm going to make an episode, and I'm going to be the, the, a genius. When it when 2017 rolls around, people are going to consider me an absolute genius because I called it. I called Donald. You're Trump. under arrest, Trump. That's right. Hopefully that'll happen real soon. Yeah, keep that handy, by the way, just in case. <laughs> You're a liar. 
Trump. Oh, God, God, I'm yeah. going to beat that to death. Okay, so uh, what's going on right now? It's another slow news day, of course, so there's nothing to talk about, Buzz, so we might as well just wrap up here. I don't see the point of us meeting like this anymore. I know. Uh, actually, this is just nothing to say. So William Barr is having his uh, confirmation hearing right now. He said right. he, uh, he doesn't think it's a witch hunt, and he thought Sessions was correct to recuse himself. So that maybe that's a little bit of uh, sunshine in this otherwise gloomy Yeah, I've been eager to ask you, and just, just before... Before we uh, took to the air here, uh, Attorney General nominee Barr said that he would not fire Mueller at the president's order. He says he would refuse a presidential order to fire Robert Mueller unless there was cause. So, you know, I, I don't know. We, we look at what this guy's history is. We look at what he's written before. Oh, what do you, you know, there's a lot of debate on social media. Is he sincere? Is he not sincere? Do we, are we happy and excited that he's taken this position as, as Rachel was happy and excited last night when she handed it <laughs> off to Lawrence O'Donnell, who was not so sure right. that William Barr could be trusted uh, with the things that he's saying to, to Congress right now. What's your take on the level of sincerity and, and the credibility here? Well, you know, the, the fact that George H.W. Bush vouched for this guy in 1991 or whatever it was goes a long way but at the same time i gotta think that that trump has selected this guy specifically because there's a chance a greater chance with him than anyone else that Mm -hmm. the that he could be monkeying around with the Mueller investigation the fact that he said that Mm -hmm. uh he'll only do it for cause makes me concerned because of course i'm deeply paranoid about everything that comes out of this administration and well i think i don't know if you i don't know if you have i've been fired uh before uh you know and and cause that's a that's a relative term, I think. Well, that's what I mean. Isn't Trump? Isn't Trump currently in his social media campaign every time he steps up to a microphone? Too isn't Trump generating cause for Robert Mueller to be fired? He's, oh yeah, we're we're so far past that now. I mean, yeah, yeah the it's the, the mountain of evidence is now avalanching because it can't it can't bear any more weight. Well, it just seems to me as if they can fabricate a pretext for firing Robert Mueller. If sure, that's the sure. if that's the loophole that. William Barr is playing with, then I guess that's uh, that's a possibility too. Yeah, but, a pretext is what it's all about. Yeah. It's what CBS used when they fired me the first time before hiring me back again. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh man, the Tiffany Network yeah. is, is so nice to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm forever grateful to them. They they fed me for a quarter century. So mm-hmm. you know, but but the organizations can be goofy. And when it comes to firing somebody, whether it's government or private industry. Uh, you you can you can gin up the cause for firing somebody. Yeah, and did you notice too that uh, Chuck Grassley at one point, and this is of course thanks to the tireless work of Aaron Rupar. If you're not following Aaron Rupar on Twitter, you're missing out on all kinds of good stuff because this guy does yeoman's work, tracking everything that uh, Donald Trump says with video captures and commentary, and he's doing this. Thank with God. The, yeah, obviously with the the William Barr confirmation hearings, he's doing the same thing too. And right. he's got this clip of Chuck Grassley just going batshit all over the mm. White. House, believe it or not. I mean, Grassley was shouting at the White House because the White (laughs) House had said at one point that they only ever want to speak with the heads of committee, with the the chairs of the committees, and never with any ranking members or anything along those lines of those committees. And and Grassley was saying that this is a thing that uh, the White House is ignoring about the Constitution and they need to stop doing that. And we have to, I have a little clip here, Chuck Grassley actually saying that. uh, Really? Yeah. Here's (laughs) from earlier today, wink, wink. a little rabbit in this hole and I'm going to catch the little rabbit and eat him up. Chuck Grassley, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. He loves to hunt. But, um... 
So the, the weird, the other weird thing to come out of the bar confirmation hearing so far mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. he said he's unfamiliar with the details of the emoluments clause. That's unfortunate. <laughs> and I, let me let me let me throw something else out at you. Well, it, it's good for us, really, in a way, because if he doesn't know jack about that, uh, there are people, you know, with common sense who do. Sure. And uh, that that'll come in handy. Here's here's what I'm here's the other thing I'm hearing about William Barr. Mm. Uh, it, it, there's one other thing that he has said on record that isn't being scrutinized right now, and maybe it should. And well, it definitely should be. Mm. Uh, he has a whole theory about president presidential pardons you might be interested in. And there is a theory among critics that uh, Barr is being brought in not to obstruct, impede, or stop uh, the Mueller investigation, Mm -hmm. but to handle the upcoming pardons. And Jesus. to defend those. Ugh. So that, you know, see, you got to watch every door and every window when the bad guys are surrounding the house. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, while we're all looking over here to see if he's going to interfere with Mueller, uh, on the other hand, he may be the guy who handles the pardons. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have no idea where that's going to go. So. Yeah. I, you know, never. It's it's okay to be optimistic. It's okay to hope that uh, that that good things happen here and there. Whether it's William Barr making the promises that he's making, or mm-hmm. or Kevin McCarthy uh, saying, you know, we can't tolerate racism in the Republican <laughs> Party. Sorry, I can't sure. say that with a straight face. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, they. You know, do we take these as good signs, or is this more smoke and mirrors? Uh, uh, cynics, of course, among us, and we have we have. Some friends who are cynics yeah. uh, will we'll say, no way, don't trust them. I, I say, uh, let's take every good thing that we can take, but keep our eyes wide open as to what else might come with that. Well, Rachel had a great uh, bit of history for us uh, last night at the top of her A block, where she talked about what happened when, uh, when uh, what's his name, oh, Jaworski. Uh, no, right. was it? Yeah. Jaworski was the special prosecutor, right? Yes, he and was. Then, yeah, and he was called in uh, along with, uh, <laughs> now we're testing our memories here. I know, I'm like, damn it, I can't think of the name of the... Along, along with the Attorney General nominee yes. at the time. Right. And and uh, they were they were seated side by side, both sworn under oath, uh, and and the efforts, the lengths that they went to, which you will not see this time. Yeah. But the lengths that were gone to to make sure that both men. Uh, the special counsel, the special prosecutor in that case, and his boss, the attorney general, understood that uh, the attorney general was not to mess with the special prosecutor's investigation. Right. We need to see that mm-hmm. in this hearing. I don't think we will. Right, right. Okay, so the, the special prosecutor was Leon Jaworski. That was the right. replacement for Archibald Cox. And I'm rapidly right. trying to remember the name of the uh, the attorney general who took over uh, after, uh, after uh, well, what, Ruckel's house was fired? I don't know who that was. It wasn't, <laughs> I don't know, Klein Deans, I don't know, Klein exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm still working on Veselnitskaya, so, you know, we got to... <laughs> Let's maybe we should pay attention to what's happening now, but there are lessons absolutely to draw from Watergate. Speaking of which, I, I was I, I, I was caught by my own observation this week that we have progressed over the last what forty three years from I am not a crook mm-hmm. to I never worked for Russia. 
I'm not sure. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But I think, I think uh, I Never Worked for Russia will become as infamous a line as I am not a crook. You have to take it as being the exact opposite of whatever Donald Trump has said. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and by the way, I mean, we, we have another, and we, we introduced the, our new uh, collusion sound the other day, uh, Buzz. This is our new, we, oh, we really? now, I mean, this FBI case uh, indicates a way more collusion. <laughs> See there. Every time we say collusion now, see, it did it again. It's like it's like Pee Wee's word of the day. Scream real loud, kids. (laughs) Exactly right. So whenever we say we have collusion, scream real loud. There it is. We all love that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this leads us to this big question, which is uh, the FBI, and now Robert Mueller apparently is likely, and I'm underscoring likely because we don't know if it's continuing or if they discontinued it or what the status is now currently, uh, investigating Trump as an agent of Russia, uh, basically a Manchurian candidate for real. And this is, I mean, this is as serious as a heart attack. This is as serious yeah. as you can possibly get. For this an is the most serious thing as you and Chez accurately predicted uh, this is the worst scandal to ever befall the American government yep uh, and and I felt the same way at the time uh, and have been uh, with you ever since on that and it seems like other people are finally catching up to this and by the way last week I was referring to Trump as a clear and present danger and we I heard a, a national security expert a former counterintelligence official at the Justice Department use those exact same words to describe the situation we were in we are in with regard to this president uh, but no it could not be more serious this is uh, one of the, the biggest events in American history and uh, I think perhaps the most frightening uh, perhaps even more so than the blood that was shed in the Civil War, at least in terms of its effect on the foundations of our government. By the way, Nixon's last attorney general was William Saxby. I completely Saxby. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I, all I could think of was all I could think of was Kleindienst, and you know, but yeah, yeah, there are a million names from that era. Saxby. Yeah. See, Saxby is not one of the names that we normally remember right. from that administration. Yeah, so yeah. I guess we can be forgiven for not remembering. Well, he was only confirmed a matter of months before Nixon resigned anyway. So it was right. uh, Elliot Richardson who was fired in the Saturday Massacre that went all the way down to Robert Bork. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was uh, William Saxby. And, and, the, and the point I was making earlier about the Rachel Maddow thing is okay. that uh, during the hearings to confirm William Saxby, they uh-huh. brought in the special prosecutor right. and, and they swore them both in together. And right. then they asked Saxby, do you intend to fire this person? Reminder that you're under oath. And it was uh-huh. uh, it was uh, uh, Robert Byrd who was just grilling Saxby one question right. after another. Do you mean that if you're not going to fire him, are you serious? And are, can you repeat repeating, that in your own yeah. words? Yeah, Re- repeating the question, <laughs> clarifying the question, yeah, uh, yeah. rephrasing the question, uh, making absolutely positively sure that everyone understood. Right. Uh, the people listening, and and certainly those two men, that Attorney General nominee and. Uh, his and the special prosecutor who would be working essentially for him. So, so now back to the uh, this FBI investigation or the FBI slash Mueller investigation. Into yeah, I think are. at some point, and I know Mueller uses FBI agents or yeah. has used FBI agents in his investigative work, but uh, at a certain point. Uh, what happened was, uh, and and the FBI has a right to investigate, uh, has a duty to investigate counterintelligence cases, mm-hmm. but uh, they can only do so much. At which point, they need to bring in 
the big guns and and uh, yeah. or, or bigger guns, and they reached that point. And with the arrival of Special Counsel Robert Mueller, uh, this was the guy to turn that over to because his investigation encompassed all things related to Russia and the 2016 election. Yeah, and uh, so it was uh, virtually handed off from the FBI uh, to Robert Mueller. Mm-hmm. And the presumption is, and I think it's a safe presumption. We don't know for sure, of course, what's going on inside, but. I it's a safe, a very safe presumption that Mueller has continued that investigation. There's evidence from his court filings that Mueller has continued that investigation. So I feel very confident yep. that uh, collusion is very much a part of it, uh, which, of course, is the crime of conspiracy. But uh, to your larger point, to your original point, yes, it 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 appears we're not alone. We're not the only people who have long believed that uh, Donald Trump has been acting uh, wittingly or unwittingly or witlessly as an agent of the Russian government. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is the most frightening thing I can think of that has ever happened to this country. Well, the thing that I, I mean, my main reaction when that news came down late Friday was, has this been reported already? Because we have seen some stories that have had that have been reported already, and then the news was just expanded a little bit with some additional information. But in this case, uh, it occurred to me, Wait, no. No, no we haven't never, seen never, Trump yeah, directly never, implicated. Yeah, never in these terms. Never this yeah. specifically. Never was it this clear that Trump has been under investigation for being a Russian agent mm-hmm. and for this long. Uh, I, I don't know that we can restate this or rephrase this often enough. It appears the president of the United States is a foreign agent, is an yeah. agent of the of a hostile foreign government, That's the right. Russian government. Uh, this is our worst nightmare in terms of, again, uh, our form of government. Exactly right. I mean, the fact that Donald Trump's loyalty is more to Vladimir Putin than it is to the Constitution of the United States mm-hmm. is... Mm-hmm staggeringly uh painful to hear and and not and at the same time not surprising at all for those of us who have been following along with the news and and all of the things that donald trump has said that lead us to that conclusion and has led us to that conclusion up into through and including the uh, publishing of this uh this article in the new york times from friday night and, and that's and why these aren't just ac- yeah these aren't yeah. just accusations i mean Mueller has a ton of evidence the washington post did a, a piece a, a wonderful piece that listed eight reasons to believe that Donald Trump is an agent of the Russian government. Yeah. And at the end of that list, it said, now, you know, here's here's the exculpatory evidence. And that's followed by the line, this page intentionally left blank. Yeah. And what, another... Yeah, because there is, there is no exculpatory evidence. Right. Only 18 reasons that he is a Russian agent. And and last night, you had a, uh, a former counterintelligence head of the FBI saying on Rachel Maddow that, uh-huh. uh, that Donald Trump is a clear and present danger to the United States of America. I mean, I don't know yes. how, how much more clear you can possibly make the jeopardy of this situation. And it is terrible. And, and, and we can't... I mean, we joke about hamburgers and many, many French fries. And, and well, you have to. Yeah, yeah. you, you kind of have to to keep your sanity. But at the same time, this is colossal. I mean, this is beyond yeah. a doubt. The, it doesn't get bigger. The, the biggest scandal to hit the American presidency in the history of the United States. And there have been some awful things that presidents have done. And mm-hmm. I can start naming the list. But this in particular is to the point where. I don't even know how you resolve something like that because there is no precedent for it. There is no roadmap for how you 
uh, how you go about, uh, you know, pursuing justice in a case where the president, his loyalty is to Moscow rather than or any hostile foreign power. Because don't forget the, that Russia is in the midst or and at least was in 2016 into 2017 uh, yeah. and may still be at it now in the midst of the largest cyber attack against the United States of America, basically an act of war. And Donald Trump's loyalty is to that foreign power that is actively he, attacking he, us. He he worked for them during the attack. Yeah. Now, because it wasn't, because that's not a declared war, because the United mm-hmm. States has not and had not declared war on Russia, this isn't treason. Right. This isn't, it's, it's, it's traitorous, perhaps. It's definitely a betrayal of his country. That we know for sure. Mm-hmm. But it does not technically violate the laws against treason. It's not treason in the legal technical sense of the word and yet it is a total betrayal and and it and and the thing again to underscore that, that makes this the biggest threat ever to the US is this is an attack on the very foundation of our government yeah. the whole house comes down without that foundation so for all the terrible things you can do whether it's in interring Japanese Americans or whatever uh destroying government from the ground up is the worst and he's done that and you you can go down this list of 18 reasons that Trump is a foreign agent. Among them are, government is shut down, we have acting cabinet secretaries. These are all things on not only Vladimir Putin's wish list, but on his dream list. (laughs) You better believe it. And and the the further uh, uh, just mind-blowing bit of information that we learned in the past few days was the fact that in this context, in the context of Donald Trump being a, a possible agent of Russia, and I'm just throwing possible in there so he doesn't sue me, but uh, we all know we all know the truth. Uh, but in the process of... Yeah, exactly. In the process <laughs> of doing that, uh, Trump was destroying evidence of his meetings with Vladimir Putin. One, because Donald Trump yeah. always makes things worse for Donald Trump. But, but two, Mm. I mean, do we need more evidence? Well, there it is. There, I mean, it could, right, uh, right. How stupid they have to be. And, exactly. and as far as a roadmap out of this, Bob, uh, yes and no. Uh, if there's a roadmap, and I believe there is, Robert Mueller has it. Yeah, uh, well. and 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 at a certain point, I mean, I lo- I've been studying what his options are in this situation, what Congress's options are in this situation, uh, and they both have options, mm-hmm. uh, interesting options. I love the fact that even were the Mueller report to be suppressed in some way, um, the Democratic House can subpoena it. They, yeah. It cannot, and and you know that once Democrats get their hands on the report, it will be made public. Mm. So I can assure you and everybody else right now that uh, that report will get to Congress and that it will be released to the public. We will see that report. And I also predict, and I could be off by a couple of weeks, but I predict this will all go down about six weeks from now. Yeah, I really hope so. I, I hope it's sooner rather than later because now we've got a sense and we've got official sanction from the the law enforcement apparatus of the United States suggesting that this guy is an agent in Russia. So it seems to me as if the urgency for some, some justice here and accountability couldn't mm-hmm. be greater. I mean, we're looking, we're staring down the barrel of, well, he could destroy it all with the, the flip of a switch. Donald Trump could do it right away. I mean, he could press a button, thankfully, and, and yeah. everything goes Thank- away. 
Thankfully, we're not the only ones who see that yeah. or know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, destroying this evidence, I mean, if you remember back to, uh, I think it was August of last year, there was an Omarosa story. And I kind of discounted a lot of what Omarosa had to say. But uh, I, I got to get the phone here. I'm going to just answer the phone. <laughs> it's Hello? a request, by the way. I, I know people are phoning in their guesses. <laughs> uh- <laughs> That's right. Oh, you're the 10th caller. How are you? Yes. You just won $1,000 in free cash. Um, no, I mean, the, the fact is, there was a Samarosa story back in August. And as I was saying, I, I generally don't believe what Amarosa has to say, but she said at one point that she walked into the room to see Donald Trump stuffing paper into his mouth. Where oh, just, yeah, I remember this. And, and yeah. you know, I believe this story. Uh, the destroying evidence Bob's referring to here uh, has to do with uh, after the Trump summit in, I believe, Hamburg, Germany. Yeah. Uh, or was it or Helsinki? Ham- I'll have to go back. It's uh, Hamburg. It's Hamburg, Germany, not Hamburg. God damn it. See, that being so close to Hamburger, I think he'd get that right. Right. Well, you know, yeah. you know that he misspelled Hamburger in one of his tweets today, right? <laughs> well, that there you go. So okay. we can't expect him to get okay. Hamburg either. Right. But uh, following the summit. He took from the interpreter the interpreter's notes, confiscated them, <laughs> and said, "Don't don't talk about what went on here today." Jesus. Uh, and and by the way, that interpreter who takes the notes and those notes are normally how the U.S. State Department. Remember the State Department? You may yep. remember them from previous administrations. <laughs> the State Department handles. The State Department handles these things, mm-hmm. uh, and they have no way of knowing what, what Trump said. Because yeah. it's the State Department that has to deal with the consequences and deal with the various countries involved. And yet the State Department has no idea what those other countries know, in this case Russia, because it's it's kept out, it's locked out of knowing anything about what goes on. All of Trump's meetings have been private. We've noted before that we find out about them, that they're going to occur, Nine times out of ten from the Russian news agency, (laughs) not from the White House as it used to be. Uh, And afterward, the readouts on the meetings also have, for the most part, come from the Kremlin, not from Washington. Uh, This is this is again, you put this with all the other evidence. There's just no question that Trump works for Russia, yep. there's some question yet as to why is it is it uh, political? Is it because the Russians is that how they have him? Because they know he cheated uh, in the campaign? Is it business? Does it have to do with the business loans uh, regarding Trump Tower and other such matters? Or is it personal, uh, meaning the PP tape? <laughs> Whether it's it only has to be one of those to work. Yep. Uh, for all we know, the Russians may have all three of those: political professional and personal dirt on Clinton that uh, excuse me on Clinton on, <laughs> on Trump on Trump that has him working for Putin uh, right. you know and, and so finding and, and it's and Mueller is the guy who has tracked down these connections to prove this compromise I mean why else would he want the notes destroyed what I mean what would uh-huh. he be trying to keep from you know his own officials because basically we're talking about people who are in the Trump administration appointees of Donald Trump who would end up seeing that information and then it becomes top secret and it doesn't go anywhere uh, I mean always there's always the possibility of a leak and we've seen leaks in the past but the fact is that the the only objective reason uh, looking at this objectively the only reason for Donald Trump to have destroyed those notes is if he was hiding something 
I mean, right. if it was something well, to do with some kind of negotiation with Putin over oil or over Syria or something like that, then if if the notes eventually got out, then all you're talking about is uh, foreign policy, a foreign policy leak along those lines. But if it's Donald Trump talking with Vladimir Putin about uh, quid pro quo, about Trump Tower, all the reasons you were talking about, then that is reason to absolutely have those notes destroyed. And again, mm. it wasn't just in Helsinki. Time and time again, uh, of, we've heard you know the, the reports of, uh, of of him destroying these notes, and then you couple all of that with the fact that in these meetings, whether it's Helsinki or whether it's what he said about Montenegro or, or on down the list, you see. Surprised you got that one right. Yeah, time and time again of Donald Trump repeating Russian propaganda as recently as last week in the mm -hmm. cabinet room where he's talking about the Soviets in Afghanistan, and then, then today we hear this news. I mean. My God, and you talk about a fire hose of news. This is another one of those situations where the zone is absolutely being flooded and stories like this end up getting buried. And that is that Trump repeatedly has floated the idea of the United States leaving NATO. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, since the campaign trail, really. Well, yeah, but I mean, not going so far as to say, okay, we're getting out. He has only uh -huh. said that, okay, they should start to pay their fair share. And he's paid lip service a little bit to NATO, but we all know where his loyalties are. He says NATO, you know, he said NATO's taking advantage of the United States. That's the extent of what Donald Trump has said negative about NATO. And, he ha and he's refused to say whether he wants to stay in but now we're hearing that absolutely he has floated the yeah. idea to his senior well. most officials that maybe we should get out of nato and we know exactly who wants us to get out of nato it's not donald trump it's vladimir putin duh yeah well we've known we've known trump's sentiments certainly on this since the campaign right what what we're hearing now is that he's made uh, serious overtures at, at bringing this to fruition and you're absolutely right and and what continues to miss me, even though I kind of know the answer to this, I'm still mystified by the fact that the people who are now Trump supporters were the ones who were most fearful of yep. Russia. Yep. And now none of this seems to phase them. First of all, they don't believe it, which again is plays right into Putin's hands. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I received an interesting email today. I'm not going to read the extent of it, but if this was a full-on Trumper email sent to me, weirdly enough, through my LinkedIn page, which I never even I never even look at my LinkedIn page. Didn't, uh, didn't see that coming, did you? Yeah, I was like, oh my God, they're trolling me on LinkedIn now. Um, and this guy said, this is just a hint at what what uh, Trumpers are saying. This is kind of the red hat mm -hmm. manifesto, mm -hmm. as it were. It says, all your Democratic candidates don't stand a chance with Trump. Maybe can run Hillary a third time or Crazy Joe, LOL. Get used to six more years of Trump. Might want uh, some therapy to get you through it. Trump is rough around the edges. <laughs> Talking about an understatement. But majority are sick of the PC deep state crap. He has done more for this country on exposing the corruption of government than all presidents combined. But you are forgetting the most important factor of why Trump will win. Ginsburg will die in the next two years and Trump will get his third pick. After winning in 2020, he will have two more conservatives retire. So when all is said and done, he will have five picks. Trump won in 2018 with pickups in 
Senate. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Oh, I guess mm-hmm. he's saying because oh, they picked because up of the a few seats. Pickups in this, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Two, House, the yeah. House going Democrat was best thing that could have happened. Now he can blame them for not getting anything done and endless witch hunts. So what yeah. they're cheering for is the subterfuge of his politics, not the actual facts on the ground, but how right. Donald oh, Trump always, is going always. to spin reality to and, his own needs. And, you know? and here's your tell. Yeah. Here's your tell that that uh, this person and others like them are deluded. Here's your tell. Okay. The word majority. <laughs> you see back up earlier in the email where he used the word majority. Do you have that line in front of you? But Okay. Uh, Trump is rough around the edges, but a majority are sick of uh-huh. the PC deep state crap. Stop. A okay. majority are sick of it. And, and sometimes it was a period of time when I heard that it shook me a little bit. <laughs> He's talking about a majority of Trump supporters, which as we all know is at 38 percent or less Mm -hmm. since trump's popularity has dropped another five points just since the government shutdown began Mm -hmm. so uh, if you want to know if a trump supporter is deluded and uh, (laughs) that i I think i just covered it but but the the real giveaway is they're always talking about how the majority want this and the majority demand that they don't know shit about the majority They don't. They don't know anything about. They. They don't know. They wouldn't know a majority if it bit them in the ass. Uh, and and so they are sorely deluded. And I'm sorry. And they're going to be very unhappy to find out that they're wrong because people don't like to find out that they're wrong. Yeah. But uh, ultimately, that has to happen if they expect to be able to continue walking around upright. Yeah. Well, they they can keep deluding themselves into believing that Donald Trump is winning all of this. But as you were saying, the polls are showing absolutely otherwise i mean quinnipiac minus 14 rasmussen rasmussen which is the trump poll basically like the entire sample that rasmussen phones into are all rasmussen trump by the way rasmussen by the way my favorite flavor of jello <laughs> Right. right. Minus, I'm sorry. Minus, just... uh, minus 12 on Rasmussen. That is amazing. Minus 12. CNN's yeah. got him at minus 20. By the way, this is the spread between approve and disapprove. That's what I'm saying. Right. My, my. right. So uh, uh, The Hill has got him at minus 12. IDB tip, minus 12. Gallup, minus 22. There's your majority. See, that is and colossal. this is why this is just sheer fantasy on yep. their part. Yep. Uh, so do not be, uh, do not, do not quiver when you hear uh, them say majority, <laughs> because they know not what if they speak. Yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, as far as his disapproval right now, which the RCP average is fifty five point five. I think the last time it was that high was, uh, let's see, February of 2018 so the highest number uh disapproval number in a year that is uh really bad news for donald trump and this stupid well, stupid and, shutdown. And, and every day that the shutdown continues uh his numbers will continue to fall and by the way uh, nancy pelosi's numbers continue to rise yep. if if I, i'm 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 projecting here i'm not pretend i'm not serious about this <laughs> okay. for a moment <laughs> But if Pelosi's numbers keep going up, uh, she might not be a bad choice for presidential candidate because, and the reason I say this, is the more she 
stands up to Trump, the more she says no to Trump, the more she fights Trump, the greater her popularity number grows, the more her number grows. And Trump's, meanwhile, continues to fall, having fallen five points since the shutdown began. Uh, every day that passes makes Trump, and, and again, I didn't mean to get this on a presidential thing, the point is really about Trump. Yeah. Every day, uh, Pelosi becomes more popular and Trump becomes less popular, and it's all because of his stupid shutdown. Well, here are one of the benefits of, of Nancy Pelosi. Uh, gaining in popularity, which is the makeup of the Senate uh, and makeup of the Senate and the House, for that matter, after mm. the 2020 election. I mean, we could have a Senate that swings back to the Democrats and we could have more gains in the mm-hmm. House if mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi continues to do what she's doing and, re- and remains yeah. or grows in her popularity. And if the Democrats in the Senate follow suit, the Democrats, uh, I think, have a strong chance of winning back not just a few seats in the Senate, because remember, it's, it's more or less reversed this time than it was uh, last year as far as the, uh, the the divide of the seats that are up for grabs in the Senate right, in exactly. 2020. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. in fact, the, the Republicans are going to have to defend, I don't know, something like 28 seats where the Democrats are only going to have to defend like seven or eight, which is a huge <laughs> how, advantage how for un- the Dems. How unfortunate for the GOP. Well, let's talk about uh, Patreon here for a second. I got some upcoming guest uh, announcements. We've got uh, Dr. Leah Torres coming up tomorrow on the interview show, which will be on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Bob Seska show. Leah Torres is, oh, get ready, get ready to clutch your pearls, Trumpers. Leah Torres is an abortion doctor. So we're going to talk to uh, Leah Torres about uh, Dr. Torres about uh, reproductive rights. We're going to get into some details about the uh, about the problem. You know what? I've never actually talked to an abortion doctor, and to find out. What exactly is involved in the process? I mean, what happens? Is it as scary and awful as the Republicans make it out to be? And uh, what are her, her experiences? Has she been... Has her life been threatened? Does she fear for oh, her yeah. life going to work every day? So we're going to dig into that with Leah Torres on the interview show uh, tomorrow. Then uh, the following Wednesday is, oh, my God, it's going to be. You know what next Wednesday is? Uh, Wednesday, wow. the 23rd of January. It What's is that? the 100th birthday of the great Ernie Kovacs. Uh, oh, man. Who was just a huge influence on so many of our favorite uh, c- comedians, David Letterman, Saturday Night Live. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he was uh, most people don't know this but he was for a short period of time the host of the tonight show and no one gives him credit for that not even nbc gives him credit as being you know i I did not know that i I did not know that yeah yeah well we're gonna (laughs) dig it my guest on the on the uh on the interview show for uh the 23rd of january that's next wednesday is going to be josh mills he runs the erniekovacs.com website which (laughs) is the official ernie kovacs website and we're going to get into all of that with him if you're an old-time tv fan if you're you're a fan of uh, of uh, the old days of television. You're going to want to listen to that. And then, oh, the f- oh, oh, if you're if you were a fan of Letterman, I mean, I know you mentioned oh, yeah, it. But yeah, I'll give you an example, just very quickly. Uh, whenever you saw Letterman lean into the camera lens and polish it. <laughs> that yeah. that was an Ernie. That was he was directly stealing yep. from Ernie Kovacs that that bit because Kovacs would put his face in the camera in much the same way Letterman did. And, and so if, if you have an appreciation for even that that sort of modern kind of comedy, yep, uh, you be sure and catch that show. And in fact, the uh, the original uh, announcer on Late Night, Bill Wendell, was also uh-huh. a cast member on many of Ernie Kovacs's shows in the uh, really? late fifties and early sixties. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that'll be exciting, too. And then on the 30th of January, we're going to bring in Jen Senko. Jen Senko is the director 
of a movie that you've heard me talk about over and over again on this show. It's called The Brainwashing of My Dad. It's about how Fox mm. News Channel and AM Talk Radio has brainwashed an entire generation of Americans. We're going to get into it finally with the director of that film, talk about how that the brainwashing has occurred with Donald Trump and so many of our, I hate to put it this I, way, but so many of our loved ones have also been uh, brainwashed. Yeah, yeah so, I got to see this. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to hear this. I mean, I got to hear this show. I can't wait. Um, so you want to follow along on our Patreon page. Again, that's patreon.com slash Bob Seska show. So right now, go to patreon.com slash Bob Seska show and subscribe. And thank you so much in advance for that. And uh, that's it. Patreon.com. The Bob Seska show. Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, welcome back. It's our Tuesday show, the great Buzz Burbank. BuzzBurbank.com, RealmNetwork.com. You can also find Buzz Burbank News and Comment on uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and everywhere else that fine podcasts are uh, <laughs> sold, listened to. Thank oh. you. I work really hard. Honest, I do. <laughs> he does. This is the best hour of news you're ever going to hear all week. So uh, make sure you, you dial that up and, and subscribe. Uh, you know, Bob, uh, during during the break, I can't help but calling this back. You you mentioned the brainwashing of our parents, for example, yeah. uh, by, by Fox News and uh, by Donald Trump. Uh, I, I have a hypnotist friend who actually trust she doesn't use the watch the watch method it's, 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 it's a much more down-to-earth uh, form of hypnotism than that but uh, she tells me that what trump does is hypnotism a lot of that being the repetition of certain words and phrases yep. and that's how uh, so many people come to believe that what he is saying is true when it isn't is simply because he said it so many times and and I, forgive me if i've said this before but it's been on my mind a lot lately so i <laughs> i just have to get it out and that is that it astounds me. I mean, I got to thinking about it. My father raised me and educated me. Specifically, I remember him talking to me about the scourge of propaganda, how 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 propaganda had been used in history and how it could be used to manipulate a populace. And yet, and yet now that I'm even older than my dad was when he told me that, <laughs> uh, he's the one to my shock and chagrin, who has fallen prey to that propaganda. It's, yeah. So I, I know you have a show coming up about that. I can't wait to hear it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and the fact that Donald Trump repeats himself so much, I mean, it may be some glitch in his brain, but it works. I mean, the fact of the matter is that this guy... Yeah, is really good. I mean, if if at nothing else, this guy is really good at message discipline. He knows how to repeat the same thing over and over again right. and really not veer away from that too much. Although on Twitter, it's anything goes. But when he's talking to reporters like as he's uh, as he's walking his way out to the uh, Marine One helicopter, he'll stop and talk to reporters. And he always whatever the question is, he'll always circle it back to his usual lines about the thing. And that's easy for his fans to remember. They they are short, yeah. They're they're short, repeatable lines, yeah. and he does in fact repeat them. And in some cases, as we've seen, his supporters then repeat them or chant them. Yeah. Uh, this just just adds to the hypnosis and to the belief that you can talk yourself into things. That's essentially uh, that's one form of hypnotism. You can hypnotize yourself to believe a certain thing by by talking by convincing yourself, "Oh, I'm no good." Well, maybe you are, but if you say that to yourself often enough, or if someone else says. 
says it to you often enough, you begin to believe it. And the same is true about building a wall or anything else. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I would say Donald Trump is appropriate that he served Wendy's and, and McDonald's last <laughs> night at that uh, that thing for the Clemson Tigers. But he is like he's the fast food of politics. I yeah. mean, he, he's <laughs> yeah. bad for you, and you know, it, it, he may consistent, right? I mean, for his exactly. <laughs> oh my God, exactly right. I mean, for his red hats, he tastes delicious, but he's got like he's loaded with calories and yes. ultimately zero nutritional content. So yeah, it tastes it. Yeah, it's it is like McDonald's food for Trump supporters. It tastes good, but it will ultimately kill them. <laughs> Exactly right. Oh, God. So I guess that was uh, more appropriate than we all thought, that he was uh, <laughs> yeah. serving them many, yeah. many and French you know, fries. you know, they say there was nothing left over. Well, you know why that is. It's because anything that the players didn't eat, he did, or took back to his room. Yeah. It took probably, back has, to- probably has them in a bureau drawer. <laughs> <laughs> no, he filled up a, an entire room with them and just swam in them like uh, Scrooge McDuck, you know, in the big big vault full of cash, except it's all bathing, hamburgers. and yeah. Bathing in green. <laughs> bathing in the grease okay so so a senior trump official has been mm-hmm. quoted as saying this is regarding the shutdown we do not want most employees to return now we have to always bear in mind the context of this shutdown which is that mm-hmm. the president of the united states who is 100 responsible for this shutdown and indeed took all the blame and accountability for the shutdown uh, is also being investigated as being a an agent of the Kremlin. So an agent of the Kremlin, allegedly, mm. uh, has shut down the government of the United States for a third time in a year. I, you know, and and we sometimes lose sight of this. So it's important to remind ourselves that the government of the United States is absolutely crippled right now by an agent of a hostile foreign power. That is, I mean, when you put it in those terms, this makes the shutdown even more desperate and awful. And 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 one that he says could go on for months or years. Yeah. I doubt that it'll go on th- years, but months are a distinct possibility at this point, in as much as we've already racked one up nearly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, an unnamed senior official in the Trump administration wrote an anonymous Daily Caller op-ed mm-hmm. on Monday that mm-hmm. the record-breaking 24-day, now 25 days, partial government shutdown, quote, is an opportunity to strip wasteful government agencies for good mm-hmm. so that yeah. is i mean that was my fear. this is the smaller yeah this is the smaller government conservatives have wanted yeah and if we think about the wall as being absolute fiction as just being a device for donald trump right. to secure right. his base which is all it really is then mm-hmm. it makes it even more sinister the fact that they're using this pretext of this cockamamie wall that doesn't even need to be built uh as a reason to shut down the government when in fact we know what the reason is for shutting down the government which is obvious here they want to uh, as grover norquist said shrink the government down small enough so it can be drowned in the bathtub that is right. the uh, the entire idea well, in fact that's been the conservative mo for decades now right that has to be done legislatively and yeah. that isn't going to happen uh, the democrats are they they can't do it without democratic votes so it just plain isn't going to happen and in the meantime while we're being jerked around with this government <laughs> shutdown it's costing the american taxpayers more money mm-hmm. to keep the thing open Uh, to keep the thing closed than it would be to keep government open. Do you realize that we are now, I believe, less than two weeks away, maybe about 10 days away from losing as much money on the shutdown 
as it would have taken to build the wall. Jesus Christ. Right. And then Donald. Yeah, when we approach that $6 billion mark in a couple of weeks, uh, that's how much money could have built the wall if we wanted one, which we don't. Yeah. And the gaslighting is that Donald Trump thinks that this is saving money. Like the shutdown is going to, in and of itself, pay for the wall. There's not going to be a wall. First of all, with, with, the, with the contracts and stuff, construction cannot be, and, and the eminent domain and fighting lo- homeowners to get their land. Uh, in one case, it's a, a wildlife sanctuary in another case it's a church in another case it's a ranch that's been in the family for 250 years yeah. uh, there are hundreds uh, three or four hundred properties the government has to acquire either by purchase or by force by seizure uh, which Trump is prepared to do but you can't do that without a Trump fight without a court fight we're looking at two years before they can even break ground yeah. for this wall and it's estimated that it would take 10 to 15 years to build this 2,000-mile wall. And by the way, if Donald Trump decides to declare an emergency next week, does I mean, doesn't it uh, contradict up. the idea of an emergency if it's just some willy-nilly thing that you may or may not declare in the near or distant future? It just seems well, like it's contradictory to the whole idea of there being, oh, and it's an emergency. Oh, so maybe we'll wait and see later, I, possibly. I, I, I hate to break this to you. I know yeah. it's going to be hard to, to explain except but congress messed up yeah i know that's a hard concept for, but it, it actually happened because when they when they passed this law with like 43 years ago uh-huh. uh they forgot to define what an emergency is or they did it on purpose because they didn't want to box in a president who may face some unforeseen emergency <laughs> the problem is not defining emergency means a president can make that whatever he wants to yes and as you and i covered last week Uh, This includes broad powers. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the president can get money from places he can't normally access. He gets gets protected by uh, something like 100 laws that normally don't apply uh, unless an emergency declaration has been made. It's good for a year, but he can extend it. And oftentimes, emergency orders are extended. The 9-11 order is still in effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So it could go on forever. Right. So, you know, I, I, I think trusting Trump with an emergency order is like trusting a monkey with matches and dynamite. <laughs> and they've got to find a way to stop this. Well, so I've always been saying that Donald Trump is like a monkey with a machine gun. And you never know when he, what direction he's going to fire or if he's going to fire or how many people he's going to kill. But he's, it's going to be constant stress. It's going to be constant worry that suddenly he's going to open fire and who knows which direction it's going to go. But at the so same- I do, I do think he'll, I do think he'll declare an emergency order. I think he's yeah. going to give it another week or so. And uh, but it is his only way out at this point. And and it isn't a way out because it, it, that too will be challenged in court. Mm-hmm. This is just never. And so why, Bob? Why is all this happening? Russia, Russia. because because the Russia investigation is closing in. We're going to be hearing a lot in the next two weeks. Co- coincidentally, speaking of two week periods of time, in that same two weeks, we're going to be hearing a lot about the Russia investigation as it closes in on Donald Trump. So yep. uh, this is this is a, another distraction. He will go to any length, including put, uh, putting the country through this nightmare, if he thinks it will help take the heat off him. He's wrong, and we're being put through the nightmare unnecessarily, but that's what he thinks. Obviously, my biggest concern, Buzz, is the fact that he, he is allowing this 
uh, shutdown to go on and on and on, and he doesn't yeah. care if it never no. ends. And he doesn't the, understand the depth of it, no. Yeah, right, and then likewise with declaring a, a national emergency about the border crisis that doesn't exist, he right. is going to allow that to go on and on and on unless the courts have something to say about it, and that's the only way the national emergency will end. Donald Trump will use a national emergency as a, as they say in France, a passepartout, a, a, a skeleton key that allow him to unlock all of these executive powers that go well beyond where he can, you know, exercise now, and then he'll be able to do all kinds of suspend posse comitatus, possibly. Well, he's going to have to do that if he's going to deploy the military down there to uh, to actually build the wall. I mean, active duty military. So this is, uh, I mean, this is a disaster in the making, and it has to end. I mean, the urgency couldn't be greater. As I was saying before, we know that he's an agent of Russia, so he has to be removed. The sooner he's removed, the better. Absolutely. And one it of- is he is a clear and present danger and must be removed as soon as possible. We were saying this last week, and I was citing the uh, New York Times uh, editorial calling for that very thing, uh, his yeah. immediate removal by whatever legal means, in that he poses a clear and present danger to the country, to our national security. Yep, yep, 100%. The other thing I was thinking about, too, with regard to uh, the wall is Donald Trump's morbid fascination with discussing uh, horrible details of crimes. Mm -hmm. You ever notice he he likes to do this? I think this is his way... I think this is how Donald Trump pretends to be sympathetic. It's not sympathy. It's not it's certainly not empathy. But I think this no. is how this is with Donald Trump's version. And I'm saying it's a bastardized, awful, disgusting version. Where now, when he talks about, for example, human trafficking, and I'm still unconvinced that uh, Melania isn't a. Uh, uh, I, I still don't know whether Melania was a victim of human trafficking. The, the jury is still out on that one too. Yeah, but well. now he's talking about human trafficking in these. Uh, explicit terms talking about where they put the duct tape and how they duct tape and what they do to the I mean it's just it, well it, uh, yeah, yeah this is I mean his fascination is with his fascination was is with manipulating and controlling people and yeah. uh, using graphic uh, evidence uh, from isolated cases to instill fear and hatred uh, in ignorant voters, uh, which is what he has done and is doing. That that's his joy. That's that's how he gets his rocks off on 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 uh, these stories. Is not maybe you know maybe he likes the gore, maybe he doesn't. What he yeah. what he does like for sure is telling ghost stories to frighten voters into giving him what he wants. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's he's happy to use that technique. Well, we've got more information about this whole Russia thing with Trump and Russia. This Russia thing with Trump and Russia. We're going to get into it uh, right after these words. Well, it looks like that wicked winter air is setting in. And you know how washing up in winter can leave your hands drier and Rick Perry's who's this on a Saturday night. <laughs> Well, friend, fret no more. Whip your dry skin into shape with whoop-ass hand balm from Bubble Genius. Them good folks over at Bubble Genius have loaded up their whoop-ass with a whole mess of nature's goodies. Like genuine shea butter and sweet almond oil, citrus extracts, and sage, which are wonderful for healing and fixing your skin right up. This here ain't no sissy hand balm. This here's some serious stuff. So if long days out on the range are leaving your skin tighter than socks on a rooster, 
Then it sure is time to open a cane of whoop-ass. By the by, this stuff's great on rough elbows. And knees, too. Hear that, Mitch McConnell? Check out the entire line of whoop-ass products, including body whip and soap, at bubblegenius.com. Bubble Genius. Y'all suds up now, you hear? Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Thank you, Buzz. And oh, hi, Buzz. <laughs> hi. <laughs> That's the ketchup, by the way. We've still got some fries left. Yeah, there are many, many French fries. Uh, 63% of voters support the Democrats' plan to reopen parts of the government that don't involve border security. Every party, right. gender, education, age, and racial group supports yep. the plan, except Republicans, who are opposed. Right. 52 to right. 39. Yeah, independents, I think, are maybe the most important people of all in any yep. poll. Yep. Independents uh, widely oppose the wall, and that speaks for Democrats and Republicans in its own way. 69%, which happens to also be my favorite number. Yeah, I know. So, guys, shut up, guys. Guys, guys, on your guys. jersey. 69% of Americans do not want Trump to designate the border as a national emergency site. 31% right. of respondents say they uh, wanted such a declaration. So I think that pretty much sums up where Trump's support is right now. Yeah, and, and, and as, as typical of the Republican Party these days, and now especially Trump, uh, they don't care about going against the will of the people. Right. I, you can't emphasize this enough. We've somehow gotten used to the fact that they are acting against the will of the people. Most people want A, so Trump and the Republicans do B. Yeah. If most people want B, then Trump and the Republicans do A. And that's yeah. how it consistently goes. And by the way, on the subject of that wall and whether or not it would do any damn good, it wouldn't. <laughs> and all you have to do is look at the El Chapo trial yeah. to know this. At the El Chapo trial, these guys have testified, his his cartel members, who've also been nabbed, have, been, have testified under oath that uh, they brought in drugs uh, in cars and trucks uh, across, you know, through legal ports of entry. Yeah. They brought them in on fishing boats. They brought them in on small planes to our nation's secured airports. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did What they did not do was run across the desert uh, and uh, splash across the Rio Grande with their cantaloupe-sized calves <laughs> to carry <laughs> drugs into this country. That did not happen. And we could have two walls at the border, yep. and they would still come in through legal ports of entry, airports, and uh, and on boats, just as they always have. Mm-hmm. The, ball, the wall wouldn't have stopped El Chapo in the past, and it won't stop any future drug smuggling or, for that matter, human trafficking, no matter how uh, graphic you make the stories. Uh, the El Chapo boys say that they did smuggle some guns through underground tunnels, uh, which, by the way, would also not be stopped by a wall. And, and meanwhile, this uh, story, Buzz, makes me ask the same question I've been asking for a while now, which is, why do so many Trump officials have, and especially ex-Trump officials, have such loyalty to Donald Trump? And I think one of the answers is, I think Donald Trump has dossiers on all of these people. I think he's got dirt, he's got uh, compromise. You know, they they hate the same races. They they have a lot in common. (laughs) You know, so that's a bond that never breaks, Bob. (laughs) But I mean, here we, right in 
in front of the Democrats, right in front of the congressional leadership. Trump accused Mick Mulvaney, who's his new what? He's the acting chief of staff, right? He's uh, a budget office director, a budget director, and and now acting chief of staff. Yeah. Exactly. Also, hamburger wrangler. Uh, I mean, he does everything. Mick Mulvaney is a you know. <laughs> He uh, apparently fucked it all up for Donald Trump. In fact, Donald Trump said in front of congressional leadership, he said, you just fucked it all up, Mick. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the story that we're getting now uh, from one of these uh, these closed door meetings in the Oval Office that Donald Trump is blaming poor old Mick Mulvaney for screwing up the entire shutdown and the border in, wall in, debate in, in front of other people. In he berated Mulvaney, which yeah. he's done with other folks before. So that's not new. But like I said, it does explain the 65% turnover rate in the White House. But uh, Mulvaney really wanted this job. Uh, like I said before, he was director, he is director of OMB and the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Uh, he had been a, a congressman before that from the Carolinas. And supposedly he wanted nothing more in recent months than to be Trump's uh, chief of staff, in spite of the horrible things that Mick Mulvaney has said about Trump in the past, calling him his border wall childish, uh, calling Trump a horrible person. Uh, and uh, this is the guy who's now the president's acting chief of staff. And so I suppose uh, he was prepared for the abuse that he took uh, in front of others when uh, Trump accused him of uh, fucking it all up. Uh, and and uh, it, I just it's unbelievable. And like I said, in front of other people, it's just unbelievable. It, it confirms what Mulvaney said about yeah. Uh, about Trump being a horrible person. Yeah, yeah. And again, I wonder how they continue to be loyal to this guy and why Donald Trump would continuously ostracize the people closest to him, given his legal jeopardy right now, and how any single one of them could march right on over to the FBI headquarters or for even better, Robert Mueller's office across he, the street and say, oh, here's what I've got. And, and it's, he may have, Trump may have some of his people compromised, but I expect yeah. a lot of them simply share that ideology, I share ideologies with him and yeah. believe that if anybody can accomplish their hatred, Trump is the guy who can do it. So Devin Nunes is now under investigation for uh, this meeting that he had with Mike Flynn and a bunch of foreign officials about paying for the inauguration. Uh, th- th- these new documents show that Trump's inaugural committee spent also spent $1.5 million at the Trump International Hotel for Trump's 2017 <laughs> swearing-in ceremony. convenient. Yeah, the expenses included $10,000 on makeup. $30,000 in per diem payments for contract staffers, 130000 on customized seat cushions, $2.7 million on a Broadway-style rendition of Frank Sinatra's New York, New York. Uh, By the way, that, that 10000 for makeup was all for Mike Pence. I don't yeah. know if you know. <laughs> That's exactly right. And meanwhile, it, it looks like Devin Nunes and Mike Flynn were trying to get all kinds of foreign investment into this inaugural fund mm-hmm. that ended up seeing oh, at least $1.5 million of it going back into Donald Trump's pocket. I've indicated before that my secret wish in all this is that uh, folks like Devin Nunes, folks including Devin Nunes, could go down in this thing. And so yeah. it's immensely gratifying to see him under scrutiny and uh, uh, perhaps uh, caught with the goods. Yeah. Uh, and likewise, I, I have the same hopes for some folks at Fox News, but that that remains to be seen. But wouldn't that be just the sweetest justice of all if we could get like Nunes and Hannity? That 
that would be so immensely satisfying, I think, in addition to getting all, you know, Trump and, and his gang. Yeah. And, and also remember that this is Robert Mueller's office looking into this inaugural committee yeah. and the spending. Yeah. And, and the fact that Robert Mueller's office has on its staff one of the greatest experts in flipping witnesses in the history of, of American law enforcement. Oh, yeah. He's got a, he's had an expert for everything. Yeah. Uh, among but I mean, his panel. And part of the reason I, I think this is within the scope of Mueller's investigation is that there is evidence that some foreign money made its way into that uh, into that inaugural fund. Right. You can spend, with very few exceptions, uh, a candidate, uh, a nominee, uh, an, a president-elect can spend as much as they want to any way they want to, for the most part, on their inauguration. What they can't do is take money from certain sources to do that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, a tip of the hat to uh, AT&T and Bank of America for financing most of Trump's inauguration. Yeah, that's right. A big, big tip of the hat to AT&T and Bank of America. Right, right. And, and meanwhile, there's always the possibility that Devin Nunes could end up flipping. I mean, can you imagine if, if, uh, uh, if Mueller gets he's Nunes' such, nuts and advice? And then, and oh, then, he's such a little wimp. I think yeah, he would. Yeah. I think he would. And that would be a delightful show. There is, see, this is what I'm saying. This is a horrible time for this country, but there's much satisfaction to be gotten from catching the bad guys. Yeah. And so far, so good. The institutions are holding up. I mean, that's what the encouraging thing is, is that there despite all the madness, that the institution, at least the law enforcement, institutions of this uh, of this government are standing up against and, these uh and, you know damaging attacks by the the president of the united states and all his people and that my friend is the roadmap out of this exactly and and meanwhile uh, just the last couple of bits here on uh, on the whole russia thing uh first of all trump's legal team has refused requests apparently Mueller is still looking for an in-person interview <laughs> with donald trump and i don't think that's ever going to happen you know, you keep asking the girl to the dance. Maybe she'll say yes. <laughs> right, right. And uh, this is a, a fascinating story. Again, this gets completely lost in the fire hose of news. And I assure you, they're not talking about this at all on Fox News Channel. They're not touching it. That's why it's going to blindside uh, 30 to 40 percent of the voting population. But the Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs signed off. This is according to the Daily Beast. Signed off uh-huh. on a plan by Alexander Torshin. Uh Remember that name? And Maria Butina to Uh infiltrate the NRA and the American conservative movement. Sure. And here's uh, another one. Yeah, like like as with Fox News and with Devin Nunes, uh, you know, here's a chance to bring down the NRA once and for all. That's right. A U.S. intelligence uh, report says Torshin, a Russian central bank official, courted NRA leaders for years and briefed the Kremlin on his efforts, recommending that they participate in the project. The report notes that the Kremlin was fine with Torshin and Butina's courtship of the NRA because those relationships would be valuable if a Republican was elected president in 2016. And well, there it is. Uh, no, why did our audience was supposed to clap there? I don't know why they're so sad, but it's uh, that's actually a fascinating story. Maybe they were touched. Yeah, leading to uh, collusion with the NRA. There you go. There we go. Scream real loud. Okay. Well, I think uh, I think I think we're going to hold everything else for the after, or not the well, after party, but the postmortem show. Let me close with this, Bob, if I may. Steve King, the Iowa Republican congressman who's all about white nationalism, yeah. has been stripped of his only two committee jobs, two really big, important committee jobs. That's right. Because of the most recent racist things that he said. You know, it's, it's ironic in my mind that despite his white nationalist ties, he did not see that coming. <laughs> And uh, you know what? Of course, he he very strong. He going rogue. Steve, very 
very strong. He going rogue. That's right. Thank you, Steve, for, for going rogue. Now you're, uh, you know, the question is now, I think, oh, why don't they uh, now move from Steve King to the guy who said that there were many fine people among the Nazis in Charlottesville. I think we maybe need to cover that a little bit. Don't you think, Kevin yeah, McCarthy? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, it's about time. If you're going to strip uh, Steve King of all of his committee uh, 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 seats, then for God's sake, the President of the United States has said into a microphone that there were many very fine, not just fine people, but very fine people among mm-hmm. the ranks of white supremacists, one of whom drove a car like a 2,000-pound bullet into a crowd of people killing Heather Heyer in Charlottesville. See, now you're never going to hear that from the Republicans because right. their entire reaction to Donald Trump is that shruggy shoulder emoji like, whoa, 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 what are you going to do? Uh, and so that's what we're left with. Okay, so uh, post-mortem shows coming up uh, on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash show, or you can just click the all-caps Patreon link at bobseska.com. That's probably the easiest way to do it. And uh, if you subscribe at $5 a month, you get two post-mortem shows a week. Basically, what we do is after this music is done playing, uh, Buzz and I, or whoever else is on Thursdays, uh, can just keep on talking. Everything that we didn't, uh, everything that we weren't able to squeeze into the the free portion of the show, we we're dump, not done yet. Yeah, we dump it all over into the post mortem show on our Patreon page. So you want to get lots more content, lots more entertainment, lots more of us talking uh, on our uh, post mortem show. Uh, meanwhile, Buzz Burbank can be found at buzzburbank.com, also at realmnetwork.com. Every Thursday, it's Buzz Burbank news and comment. Jody Hamilton can be found at from-the-bunker.com. Jackie Schechner, yeah. please support her efforts at investigaterussia.org. That's investigaterussia.org slash donate. She can't do it without you. Uh, meanwhile, Kimberly Johnson's at patreon.com slash start me up. Molly Jong Fast on Kimberly Johnson's podcast tomorrow, so you want to tune in for that. And I was on the T-Rex, T-Rex Report with David Ferguson. Patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report. See you on Thursday, folks. Bye-bye.